Hello, and welcome to The Runs, the podcast in which we talk about runs of comic books. I'm your host, Ryan Alexander-Tanner. With me is a very special guest, Amy Miller, and we will be talking about the first five issues of Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra's series, Why the Last Man? For the few of you who don't know, Amy Miller is a professional touring comedian. She was voted Portland's Funniest Comedian in 2015 in the Willamette Week Reader Poll, and also won Portland's Funniest Comedian in Helium's annual competition that same year. She has recorded two comedy albums, Solid Gold and California King, recently released a Comedy Central half-hour special called Ham Mouth. She was on Last Comic Standing. She opened for Arsenio Hall, which I think is the most impressive of all these. Uh, And most importantly, she worked at a video store with me in the year 2000. And also I drew some pillowcases for her that she never paid me for. But they're available at her merch table. Is that a good intro, Amy? (laughs) I did pay you. I paid you you our agreed upon amount. Which was nothing? Yeah, well, yeah, you I you said if I get rich or even not even rich, like get on a TV show, then I owe you a bunch more money. And I'm still holding to that pact. But I wasn't aware until right now that I owed you money. <laughs> oh. Well, that's that's show business for you. I mean, did we say like, "Hey, will you do this illustration for this amount of money?" and then you did it? I think we're still each waiting for the other person to become so wealthy that it somehow <laughs> yeah. trickles down to ourselves. So Listen, we I'm not proud of it. You deserve much more for that. I wish I had the money, but that's you got to get contracts if you want that money on the back end. I understand. But we have a verbal contract that's very strong and I, you know, I mean, get let's get on a TV show. <laughs> I love that this podcast started with you making all the artists listening hate me. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't worry about that. No, I will say that was a fair and just arrangement, Amy, and you respect art and the commerce involved. I just uh, just wanted to throw you under the bus right at the beginning. <laughs> you know, merch is tricky. What do we pay? What do? What, how does it work? I don't know. I'm wearing my friend's merch right now, and I, I know this artist, and they probably got the same amount of money. That you got for drawing my pillowcase. It's something that the comics industry knows well. What is <laughs> what is the merch worth? Okay, so we'll be talking about uh, why the last man today. So Brian K. Vaughn, the writer, and Pia Guerra. Am I saying that right, Pia Guerra? I I assume it's Guerra, but I Guerra. Uh, it's a series that they made together. It was published <laughs> by Vertigo. It ran for sixty issues, beginning in two thousand two and ending in two thousand eight. It's the story of the last man on Earth after all male mammals die under mysterious circumstances. And today we'll be discussing what is collected into volume one, which is issues one through five. We're going to talk about those issues today. So, Amy, uh, I invited you to be on my podcast because I'm I'm desperate to uh, connect. get some of just to connect just on any level but enough you know we don't i was actually we'll probably go off topic a lot talk about our moms but uh so i invited you on this podcast to tell you the premise and i guess i would say i was i was surprised that you picked this because i just didn't know that you'd ever read it so where's this coming from for you well i think also when you asked me um which because we talked about doing this a while ago I think maybe the TV show was just about to come out. Man, that shit got canceled so fast. So I think it was just on my mind because I had already Mm. been planning to reread it. And it took so long for anything. Like there were so many rumors of a movie for years. And then it took so long for anything to get made. And then like it was fine. But nobody watched it but me. And then it got canceled (laughs) before the first season even ended. It was really sad. But so I think it was just kind of top of mind when you asked me. But I did always really like it. And it's just very timely to think about, uh, you know, all the men being killed right now. (laughs) It sounds sounds all right sometimes. (laughs) It's a better and better proposal each year. So, but when did you read this originally? Um, I read, I did read it as it was coming out, which was very unusual for me. But I don't know. There's probably a lot of comics I've read that you don't know because you're not annoying. But sometimes it can be very <laughs> annoying to be a 
casual comics reader. Uh huh. Like people make it a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah. And so I just like don't talk about it. You know, it's like if you were like a casual wrestling fan or something and people would be like, you have to know every single thing or it's not real. <laughs> just like, well, it's also like I'll, I'll be like, I want to call you and go like, Amy, did you hear what Louis C.K. did? And you'll be like, dude, I'm not having another conversation about this. <laughs> no, so. but I always have the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But you're saying, oh, you don't want me to call you about the newest comics I'm reading. I mean, I do actually. <laughs> but I will. I I guess I'm saying that if you're really uh, immersed in something, people who are more casual about it, talking to you about it, can sometimes feel like you have to take some steps back or something. Like, oh, sure, yeah. And I'm not talking about creators and artists and writers. I mean, just like comic book fans who will just really hold your feet to the fire if you don't have oh. a thorough catalog. You know what I mean? Where it's just like. Like, you know, there's another person in the same context who would be like, you you, you read this, but not Ex Machina? Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? And it's like, totally. yeah, I just didn't get to that one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so I read them as they were coming out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think these series, Vert classic Vertigo series, I think, are good for that, though, that they can be... Your your comic there's a bunch of series like that like Bone is a series like that I thought we were gonna I my assumption is we were gonna talk about something like Optic Nerve just because I've seen it on your shelf mm. and that's another good example of a comic that like someone who doesn't necessarily ever read comics could pick up Optic Nerve and read it you know it's just yeah. accessible in a different way so and I think that before that someone had recommended to me like I was um. Maybe around that time, kind of just starting to get into reading comics and a bunch of graphic novels, and someone recommended Pride Over Baghdad. Pride of Baghdad? Oh, Pride yeah. Of, yeah, so then I that was easier for me because I was just like, well, I already know that I like this guy, so then I'll see like what else he's done. And then like Why the Last Man was just starting to come out at that time. So I really liked that, though. You bought it in single issues? Um. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think I got them secondhand from probably my boyfriend at the time. Typical, typical casual girl comic reader. I didn't say anything. <laughs> uh, but no, he's definitely who recommended Brian K. Bond to me and a, and a few of the other artists that I really like. And um, And so, yeah, I just, I don't know, got them from him, I guess. I've definitely never gone to a comic shop and purchased like on the next issue of something i'll tell you that for sure okay that's exactly what i was not supposed to do is go so what did your boyfriend <laughs> recommend him and you read his copies it's okay yeah i do think i'm always so interested in that there's a few series like vertigo series where i would read the month or like bone is something i read in single issues as it came out and the difference between reading something monthly as a serial or reading something when it's, I mean, people relate to it now more with TV, you know, it's the same as like binging a show versus uh, watching it weekly as it comes out. Yeah. And I'm sure that it wasn't every issue. I think I probably waited on the collections like as time moved because, it, you know, this was like over a span of several years. So, but you read it all, you read it all as it was coming out, like roughly. Yeah. When it came out. So have you read it since it ended? Um, only not the whole thing. No, just just for this. Uh, <laughs> and I watched the Bad Bad Show, which actually I, you know, was being entertained by. But um, yeah, no, this is my first reread. I will. I've like occasionally picked them up because I have now I own them. So, OK, I'm full of shit. I went into some store and bought Why the Last Man because I do have comics on my show. I'm not I'm not setting myself up for success here because I already established I don't pay artists and I don't pay for the comics. I just it, I really think uh, I mean, I don't know who my listeners will be, but I think you're worrying more about them than you need to. <laughs> okay. But you, you could have bought them at a bookstore, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, think I probably got them at Powell's. There Fair you enough. go. <laughs> you support independent business. So, so I've casually reread chunks of it over the years, but this is the first time sitting back down and going like page to page. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, I've never read this comic before, and I've always heard it's great. I sort of missed the boat on Brian K. Vaughn, I would say. Like, this came out when I was in college, and I had kind of a. I bought less stuff when I was in college. I still, you know, would 
pick up series. I had some series that I read, you know, forever that I still read then, but I just pulled back more and I read more, uh, maybe collected edition type stuff or I don't know. I was doing less. I was looking for series less. I think a lot of people have their kind of vertigo heyday. Like I read preacher all the way through. And then when that ended, I think they did a hundred bullets and that was supposed to be, the next big series and it wasn't really and there was a gap and then fables and why the last man both came out i think around the same time but i just kind of missed the boat on both of those so i'd always heard this was great and i had never read it before so these five issues are the only issues i've ever read and i have no idea where it's going or what's going to happen oh that's exciting so do you are you but are you going to keep reading it because you do the other issues with other people well, the the, the premise the premise of this podcast would be that you would be invited to continue the run if you want. So if you want to go oh, yes. through each volume, assuming you know, I mean, it sounds like you you and my listeners have a pretty contentious relationship already. So we might have to <laughs> no. do like a listener poll or something. <laughs> oh, but boy. if if uh, if you didn't blow it, if you didn't blow it, you may have another opportunity <laughs> to volunteer some time to read comics and talk about them. Well, hey, if you're mad at me, send me a DM and I'll send you for free a pillowcase with Ryan's art on it. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so do you have anything more to say about the series in general before we get into it? Um, I don't think so. Well, okay, I will just say this because I did spend so many years thinking about like, who would play Yorick in some sort of cinematic adaptation, which ended up being a TV show. And I'll say, I do like the guy that they chose. I Actually, the casting was good all around. Um, Diane Lane's in it. She's fantastic. We're not here to talk about the TV show, but I was just going to ask you who you would cast. Because at the time... Oh, this is what I was going to say. At the time... Pre Ryan Reynolds being in every fucking movie and mm. multiple superheroes, I was like, Ryan Reynolds would make a great mm. Yorick. I think I had the vision very early. I just want to put mm. that out there. I don't know. Yeah, if, if that is one way where I come off as a snooty comics guy is whenever movies and TV come up on this podcast, I'm like, ah, I just want to talk about comic books. All so, right, that's fine. That's yeah. fair. So I'm above it. I don't think about things like that. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I think about the line work and the hours of labor that were hopefully well compensated <laughs> for creating this work by people who care about artists. And paid to buy them in the store. Exactly. <laughs> so, first issue. We start with kind of a cold open. This is another thing where I'm snooty, but I guess, again, you had to be there at the time because this, I don't think, was an overly done trope at the time, but it has a large... Uh, time contexts where it'll say now and then six Mm. hours ago and I think that was kind of innovative at the time and has been done to death since then yeah it's always interesting when something like that happens that you is in like a medium that you consume a lot where you're like oh it's yeah like for comedy I'm like this is so derivative but I'm like oh no but like she did it first (laughs) that wasn't annoying at that time yeah but I, I hear what you're saying although for me, I have such a bad like attention span. It really helps when you just spell shit out. Yeah, it's also a good way to grab, you know, where you start in the middle of a circumstance and then you go back and see how you got there. So, yeah, we meet Yorick and he's talking on the phone with his girlfriend in Australia. <clears throat> and he's an escape artist, right? That's the thing we learned about him. Yeah. Escape artist slash magician. I think failed magician, but trying to perfect the escape artism, artistry. And then his mom is a representative, right? She's part of the House of Representatives? Yeah, she's a congressperson. Congresswoman. She doesn't like congresswoman. And she does not support abortion, right? Yeah, that's the... Uh, that's the idea. I mean, she's a Democrat, apparently, but which doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. Wow. <laughs> Sad. Oh. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what we gather from her conversation and then also from later, like, um, Hero giving her shit about Roe v. Wade. Yeah. She's a conservative Democrat. And then... Um 
Yeah, so we pretty much bounce back between Yorick on the phone with his girlfriend and then these other somehow related scenes. We go to the West Bank where there's a lot of conflict happening. There's like, what would you call them, an extremist group? Yeah, um, yeah, well, they're Israeli soldiers, I think. Okay. There you go. And then uh, we meet Agent 355 in Jordan. I mean, I do think this format that that n- currently annoys you maybe was, you're right, like, uh, necessary for bringing all this together because it is just so chaotic what's going on and how many places we're in to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's well orchestrated, though. We mm-hmm. always come back to the main narrative, which is a guy on the phone, and then we're seeing these other scenes and we're you know obviously we're gonna figure out how they're related and then right and then the woman who's giving birth to the clone that's dr man right Mm -hmm. so that was very interesting to me yes that is um an interesting will continue to be an interesting storyline yeah we'll get more to that in a bit and then yeah, and then as the baby's born, all the men basically shoot blood out of their faces, including cows and other animals. Mm-hmm. All the males. All Anything with a Y chromosome explodes. Explodes. Explodes from the face. <laughs> they blow up real good. <laughs> yeah, they got blowed up and blowed up. Except for Yorick and his pet monkey, and I still don't know why. Um, maybe I'll find out at some point. <laughs> Maybe you will, Ryan. Uh, yeah, his new pet monkey ampersand that he's gotten for really um, uh, vague reasons. Well, no, he has a specific reason. It just doesn't make any sense. Which is he was helping train a helper monkey, right? Yeah, there's some sort of like foster program for helper monkeys in Boston that he volunteered for. Um, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. It would make more sense to me if it was like, oh, I got this monkey because he's going to become a part of my act. Like, that would have just been very clear cut. Especially, like, escape artist, like, performance. Uh, I think, yeah, it would fit. Like, oh, he's my assistant, but, you know, he's got this other wild story. Well, I'm not reading this comic anymore. (laughs) You just, I can't get past that now. The, Come on, uh, Ryan. The, the helper monkey. How do you like the uh, artwork in this series? I mean, I obviously don't know anything, but I think it's like, I think it's really beautiful and very detailed and does seem pretty painstaking. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Um, I like how everyone looks. I mean, it's very like, there's... There's no one really outside of the general look of having like a chiseled jaw. Like no one looks like a <laughs> no one looks yeah. like a real person, you know what I mean? Even the women. Yeah. And so it feels very um it feels like much older in the in that way to me, just style-wise. Like a like a 50s comic strip in the Sunday paper, you know, like those kind of faces. But um I mean, I think it's awesome. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I always think about how well is it telling the story. So I think it tells the story well. I, you know, nice lighting effects and stuff, brushwork. I agree, too, though, that I noticed that, especially as you get into it further and you've met, like, all these different kind of legions of women and, like, yeah, everyone's basically got the same shaped face. I thought it was a little <laughs> weird, but it's more work to, to vary things. You know, also drawing a monthly comic book is an insane amount of work, so that anyone can get it done at all is quite an accomplishment. So both those things are true. But yeah, I think it I think it tells the story, it suits the tone pretty well. Oh, is it like logistically faster to kind of have everyone have generally the same shape face if you're doing a monthly? I think not having to stop and think about different facial structures all the time like if you have a crowd of people and you basically just draw the same shape a bunch Mm. of times for each of their heads would be faster than kind of stopping to consider the different look of each person but i think for lead characters it's really more just about getting that design done so i do think when you have a bunch of lead characters it's important to have more uh 
variation between the design. Like when the the president shows up and there's the other women who are running the government all at once. Like I was a little bit like we need more variation in how people look in this. Cause yes, because it's, it's yeah. confusing and like the fight over like who's who's Madam President now. You're like, is this the same? Lady, yeah. like, <laughs> is it the woman with the brown hair or the with the square jaw or the other one that has brown hair and a square jaw? So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and body variation, too. I mean, well, Dr. Allison Mann um, is really fat because she's pregnant, but she's the only one. <laughs> but is it because is it hard to get fat people to fit in the little squares? Is that why you guys don't want to do it? <laughs> I don't know where this body shaming is coming from. I think fat people deserve to be included in comic books, just like all other people who are deserving of love, Amy. Hell yeah. I think it's just like you draw, quick draw. I don't know. It's interesting. That's always been fascinating to me. Like the really, really famous comics artists, like in the early 90s that were really had flashy styles, like would draw everything like really with intense detail and then if they had to draw like a baby or an old woman it always looked really weird <laughs> yeah it was like trying to trying to fit this one thing that you draw into so i don't know that's not i have always been in, i'm interested in like the cartooning of different body types and stuff but i can see how this artist is very skilled like she can draw a garbage truck and like a highway that's full of empty cars which are really technically difficult things to draw yeah but um maybe doesn't have like an automatic uh character design variable brain you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's that's okay we're not gonna give her too hard a time oh yeah i mean i still think it's so good yeah yeah so then we go to washington the second issue is washington dc two months later so we got a bit of a time time skip yeah the time skips in this are um, interesting because I'm like, if the time jump only follows one story, then I'm like, well, what's happening in all those other groups of people that we already know? If there is like an, a, a, so much going on, like, I mean, we're essentially yeah. following five stories at once, but. But we're also figuring out how they all fit together. Mm-hmm. And then, so we meet a woman who's collecting bodies, right? Which was also very, um... I'm not technically bringing up TV because I think it was probably happening in comics <laughs> as well, but that feels very of the time. Like, did you say 2002 to 2008? Like, that That's, was very, yeah. like, heroes and just, and, and generally, like, a lot of storylines where it's like, we're following six different things, and in the end, we're going to figure out they were all twins <laughs> or whatever. Uh -huh. You know, like, it was a very common structure at that time in movies and literature and maybe comics. I don't know. Well, and Brian K. Vaughn was a writer on Lost, wasn't he? Yes. So I think in the there. beginning seasons. Okay. So there you go. I don't know. Yeah. That, so structurally, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Um, it was hot at the time. It was hot. So, yeah, he gets unmasked by his monkey, and this woman sees him as the last man on Earth. And then we see Agent 355, and she goes and gets the Secretary of Agriculture, who is now the president, because she was basically the next person in line to the presidency, right? Mm-hmm, because everyone above her was a man. I also yep. just want to say, I know that in this is instance, um, Ampersand unmasks him, but... I feel like in general, York is very freewheeling about <laughs> maybe being spotted. Like, he doesn't try hard enough to not be spotted, um, given the circumstances. That comes up in uh, one of these issues, I think issue four or five. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but also, at that time, he probably doesn't know with 100% certainty that he's like the only man on earth. Do you know what I mean? So maybe he's not taking it as seriously as he should. I don't know. I mean, that seems to be just part of his personality traits as a character, too, right? He's a little bit reckless. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Then the uh, the garbage truck woman wants to sell him off, and uh, but he escapes after she handcuffs him because he's an escape artist. He makes it to the White House, and then we, we, we reconvene with his mom, right? That's his mom, Representative Brown? Mm-hmm. So he finds his mom... And they're reunited. It is a very beautiful moment. 
Well, first she like body slams him, and then it's very beautiful. But then he finds out that his dad's dead. Yeah. Because he thought for a minute maybe it was genetic, the reason that he was still alive, and so he had like this hope that his father would still be alive. And she was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, so his plan is he wants to go find his girlfriend. He's obsessed with that. Yeah, and there's... There's some mysterious circumstance there. I have a feeling it's not going to go the way you think it would. (laughs) But you can kind of tell just from their phone conversation, too, that she's gotten to a point with him where she's just like, ugh, just like, grow up, you know, like, I don't have time for your shit. Just the way she talks to him is very dismissive. So his obsession is a little bit sadder for that reason, too. Well, and then he proposes to her, right? That's another thing that happened. Yeah, over the phone. Over the phone, which, yeah, women love it. So he's trying to find her, and then his mom is saying he should go find Dr. Mann because uh, she knows more about asexual reproduction than anyone else. And that's and so they, they believe that she's would ha- if anyone knows what happened, it would be her, right? Is that the motivation? Yes, that is the theory. I mean, I think at that point she's sort of the foremost uh, geneticist or like expert in this field. So, yeah. And she's pregnant with her own clone. Well, she was. Yeah. So then uh, they get attacked, and there's a cliffhanger. So this I really like. I think the third issue to me is when it started to really... Congeal? Just start running, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, now you have sort of like a, a common momentum instead of just like these crazy disparate things going on. Now you're like, okay, we're all in the same story. Well, also, just to just to jump ahead slightly, uh, that the attackers are a bunch of Republican wives of Republican politicians, I thought was pretty brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like attacking the White House and they're like, we were the wives of these politicians, so we should now be running the government. Yeah, it is great. Just they're And they're so mad based on numbers because they didn't have control to begin with and now their husbands are dead. And so it's like a demo. But but it's hilarious. Like, there would be a situation in an apocalyptic scenario in the United States where people would still care about, like, your party title when uh-huh. everything else is shit. Like, it's just uh, the fact that they feel like it matters is really hilarious. But, yeah, they're getting violent. There is some unrest amongst the GOP. Well, yeah, and that the Republican wives are, like, uh, feel very entitled to be instated where their husbands were and they're like present this sort of uh, irrelevant historical context for doing so. And uh, that, you know, once you look at it logistically, it doesn't actually make sense. And yeah. that all, all the women uh, in government were all Democrats. <laughs> yeah. Be great. Cause it does occasionally happen. And there's a lady who says like, Oh, my husband died in office. And then like I was appointed and that happens very rarely, but it does happen, and it feels more of like a good faith measure, or, or just like a like, oh, to honor his legacy, we'll appoint you to his position. But it doesn't really happen. So they're saying like, well, she did it, so then all our husbands are dead too, so we should be able to be appointed. Yeah. Right. And they're also saying, here's all these times that these women succeeded their husbands, and they're like, yeah, but that still happened through democratic process, like. So then we have we start with Agent Three Fifty Five on the highway in Virginia with the uh, soon to be president. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there you go. Drawing a highway with lots of crash cars is like a nightmare of a thing to draw. I would say. So basically, Representative Brown has been in control because they couldn't find this lady, the de- the agriculture lady. Yeah, so yeah. Agent 355 is bringing her back to the White House. And then, yeah, I love this. Who the hell is shooting at us, Mom? Terrorists? Worse. Republicans. That's some good dialogue right there. Um, with apologies to any Republican listeners I have. You're you're cool. <laughs> so then we have the Republican wives of congressmen essentially staging a coup. It's like they're storming the Capitol. <laughs> that could never happen. I know. I was thinking that rereading this is so wild. It is weird, actually, yeah, to read this, and, and it's a lot. Anything that's political from like twenty years ago, it's really weird how much worse things have gotten. 
<laughs> I know. I know. People didn't just storm it. They wore like Viking helmets and shit. Like it's really weird. But that guy and the actual like everything on January 6th was very, yeah, it was very Brian K. Vaughn. Like it felt like it was ripped out of a comic. It was so yeah. insane. The whole day watching, you're just like... This can't, like, it felt so unreal. And they looked so colorful and ridiculous. That, like, it just felt, yeah, like it was out of a comic book. It was outla- a bunch of outlandish characters. Mm-hmm. So Yorick's mom locks him in a big vault and uh, is um, going to go deal with the Republicans, right? Yeah, it's a lock that he can't pick. Um, some sort of super secure lock that he he notices as like a fan of locks and then she puts him in there (laughs) and then uh they kind of talk it out they try to have a debate about who should and shouldn't be instated into government why is figuring out how to escape the vault the inescapable vault and then uh there yeah there's a shootout we have people shooting each other left and right and then uh, Agent 355 shows up with the president, right? Mm-hmm. The new president, yeah. Yeah, here's where it gets a little tricky with the character designs. I had some trouble here discerning. It's like when when you draw a bunch of similar faces like that, it's like you want to give people like really outlandish, unique haircuts or something. <laughs> or even, yeah, even like people have super similar clothes. Like there's a lot of yeah. just like gray suits and you're like, okay... Um, I mean, um, his mom does have the kind of like skunk, like, you know, white streaks in her hair. She's a little bit more memorable, but yeah, I don't like, it gets a little muddy. Gets a little tricky. You have to pay close attention. And then we just, uh, we get back to Y's agenda. He wants to go see his girlfriend and then he's sent... He's going to be chaperoned by Agent 355 to go meet Dr. Mann. That's the plan, right? Yes, that is the plan. <laughs> and then meanwhile in Tel Aviv, uh, the, what are they, soldiers? Yeah, I think they're, I think they're the Israeli army. But That's right. But maybe some, are, are, I mean, some faction of like extremists. Um, I don't know. And do we know much about their agenda or anything? Not yet, no. Okay. They're just a uh imposing force. And yeah, they're they're also just being set up as like these badass women and they're like more prepared to deal with shit because women get trained in the Israeli army and so it's like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, duh. Right. That totally makes sense. Unlike the weak women of America who never get Soft. trained in the army at all. <laughs> yeah. Soft Americans. Yeah, I think it's just supposed to set them up as female soldiers. Which Got it. We we do also have. Um. Right, but it's mandatory over there, right? Yeah, yeah. It's part of the culture. So then issue four starts with a call to open Washington, D.C. now, and York's getting beat up by a bunch of women. So very intriguing. And then when we jump back in time to one hour ago, I really want to know how we got to this point. (laughs) So he's walking into the city with 355. They're trying to get some motorcycles and uh, just do a little bit of character stuff, right? Yeah, we're just really getting to know 355 as much as we can because she's a mystery um so yeah i think they just needed like some walk-in time together and then i like how they extend because i thought sort of the same thing of like oh it must be easy to find a car and then they set up the long walk because she's like oh no like the everything happened during rush hour basically so most of the cars are totaled and so it gives them like a reason to like have a longer journey where we're getting to know them i think well, not just total, but like the the highways are just clogged with cars. Yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. get them out. Yeah, and that's why motorcycles are good because you can just we it's still get around. So, and then they go to the monument, the the most phallic monument, <laughs> definitely in the country, if not the the planet. Yeah, is that called the Washington Monument? That it thing? is. Yes. Yeah. Boner the, statue. Uh, yeah, the the tribute to George Washington's. <laughs> 
pointy tip. <laughs> so they convene there. And uh, so why is able to pose as a woman by having a gas? Is there any logical reason he would have a gas mask on? Like someone brings it up at some point and he's just like, oh, I started wearing this, you know, in the first few days and I just got used to it or something like it's a very vague explanation, but it does come up when someone calls him out on it. Um, but I think that that's funny to think about now, too, just like because someone being hyper vigilant, like you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm still double masking. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it has that vibe when the lady asks him about it of just like, what's going on here, you know, and he's like, nah. but um, yeah, obviously just to cover his face, even so, though there are like um, there are still like a bunch of trans men alive. I think it's just that. Um, he doesn't want to, like, if there's suspicion and then someone, like, somehow checks to see whether or not they think he's a biological male, then things could be bad. So, yeah, he just leaves it on. And then they have a talk about all the, uh, great musicians who have died. (laughs) Yeah. They just, like, list a bunch of white musicians, right? (laughs) Pretty much. They're only sad about the white musicians who died. It's true. They're all white. And, like, they also mentioned the eels. Like, I like the eels, but, like, these are... They didn't say Prince. There's nothing... Yeah, the list is very suspect. But she's extra sad about the Rolling Stones. Who? I don't even know who the eels are. Oh, um, well... I don't know. They're okay. Can you perform one of their songs? <laughs> no, no, I can't. Not one? No, I'm not going to perform. I can't But yeah, sing they could have they could have thrown Curtis Blow in there or something, you know. Something DJ Assault. Give me anything. <laughs> Melly Mel, I don't know. Even yeah. at this time R Kelly, you know what I mean? Oh, before yeah, he was he was in the process of getting away with his first heinous crime at this time. That's <laughs> true. To be ignored for 20 years and then brought back up. He's a he's a very talented musician. He is. Not a good guy. No, really bad. So, and then they get rolled up on by the Amazons. And the thing about the Amazon is they have burned off a breast for basically a symbolic thing, right? Yeah, I can't remember the source of it or if we found out yet or they maybe explain it more in future issues. She says, supposedly that's what the real Amazons did, makes the user shoot an arrow or something. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There it is. And then, yeah. So then they get rolled up on by the Amazons, and Y takes his mask off. Do they ever call him Y, or is he just called Yorick? No, just Yorick. You call him Y. <laughs> well, it's called Y the Last Man, so. Uh, I think because of the Y chromosome. Uh, Which is why also he has a Y name, but then, like, they... They said that their dad had, like, terrible taste in names. Like, he was, you know, because he was an English professor or something. Yeah, they said he names his kids after uh, tertiary Shakespeare, right? Yeah. His sister's, he's Yorick and his sister's hero. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, nobody ever ends up calling him why. Well, well, how embarrassing for me. I love it. (laughs) You should be like, you don't even know that? How do you not know that? (laughs) You haven't read... Some other series by Brian Kimball. So, yeah, he has a throwdown with the Amazons. And then uh, Agent 355 bails him out. She's very tough. Yeah, I like her character a lot. I like the way she looks. I like her whole vibe. Um, And it's, I don't know, it's just really consistent. And she's hyper memorable out of, like, all these people we're meeting so far. Yeah, it seems like if you want to, you know, pick one character to be more distinct, it makes sense that she would be the one. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, she's. this is where she calls him out that he needs to stop pulling his mask off all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Stop unmasking in public spaces. <laughs> He's been very reckless. But he also doesn't, aside from not knowing the gravity of what's going on completely, I think he also doesn't see like part of his character is like a crisis of self at all times he doesn't see himself as like a key to potentially repopulating the earth he's just sort Mm. of like who am i i'm just a dumb magician with a monkey 
So I think he doesn't like, like she has to protect him because he doesn't see himself as important, you know? Mm. I have to ask you, how hard is it to discuss this knowing that you know what's going to happen and I don't know at all? (laughs) It is a little tricky because I don't want to spoil anything. Is there a lot of like, actually you're seeing some pretty good setup for things to come in here? Yeah, definitely. And a lot of setup that I like kind of forgot about. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really cool where, where this is going, but I'm, I think I'm doing a good job of not revealing anything so far. I guess you won't know till later. Yeah, I think, I think so. (laughs) Who knows? So then we go to Baltimore six hours later. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's the Amazon meeting. And then we see that Wise's older sister has joined the Amazons. Yeah, Amazon.com. They all work there together. They all work at Amazon. <laughs> underpaid. That's another one where the last page, his sister is standing there. She's saying, I'm hero, and it's a reveal. And then her exact twin is standing right behind her to the left yeah, of her. Yeah, I know. I know. It's tough. <laughs> it's weirdly, weirdly similar. <laughs> like... They look exactly the same. <laughs> they do, yeah. It could have been anything. She could have had spiky blonde hair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So that was a little weird. So then fifth issue, last issue that we're going to talk about. I know that's hard for you. You could talk about this all night long, but. This is tough. I also like the, like, um, just to throw this in, the, like, uh, covers that are sort of painted. Whatever. Yeah, the J.G. Jones covers. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's just the name of the artist. I would say they're painted. Yeah, they're definitely multimedia. I think that's some type of paint. But they're really cool interludes, and like they don't give mu- like specifics away. But this, like, they're something else where like knowing where everything is going, they are. They're like a little spoilery, but they look Whoa. so cool. Yeah, they're really nicely. Yeah, J.G. Jones is really skilled artist. Anyone who knows anything about comics knows that, Amy. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to find out. <laughs> I love to learn. That's the thing. There doesn't have to be shame involved. You can just tell me about I know. stuff. I've, I've learned that the best way to motivate people to learn is to be condescending. <laughs> so it's, it's a way that comics have thrived over the years. <laughs> so we start with a dream sequence. We have the girlfriend is naked and why is all chained up that's another thing that i would hate to draw is a big pile of chains around someone that's like the worst yeah it looks crazy yeah it's so cool it would take so long to draw i don't even want to look at that and i feel (laughs) i imagine like um a couple hours in you'd be like this isn't like for a dream sequence Brian, like, you know, it's like spending so much time on this one image that we kind of don't even really need at all. Yeah. It seems like it would be frustrating, but it looks awesome. I would be like, can I just like kind of have the outline of the chains and suggest it's like each chain link is drawn. That seems like a horrible experience. Maybe he could be in one big cardboard box that's really secure. (laughs) What if it's just one giant chain link around him and he's sort of confined by it? So, yeah, then we go to Boston. He's waking up from a nightmare. He's hanging out with 355 some more. And they're talking about just exposition, right? Anything important? No, I think he's just trying to, like, draw her out in any way that he can, and it's very difficult, but she's kind of, like, slowly revealing herself. But, yeah, they have a lot of exposition in general in this series. We learn a little bit more about Yorick's sister, and then the Amazons. We get some Amazon justice happening. Oh, yeah. These uh, bitches are crazy. And they're pretty heavy duty. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, and then they find Dr. Mann. Mm-hmm. And so she's working on a cure for breast cancer. And then she's pretty open about feeling like she's responsible for everyone dying. Yeah, that's her current theory. I can't yeah. say much about it. <laughs> I know. But she does, yeah, because the birth was going to happen when everything exploded, um, she feels responsible. Like she fucked up the space-time continuum or something, but in a genetics way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, who knows if that's the case. So yeah, then she sees 
There's a little bit of a visual gag where she sees Yorick and the monkey, and she's surprised that the monkey is a male. Like, doesn't really pay much attention to him. It's a little bit of a comedic switcheroo. <laughs> and it's not a good monkey, Ryan. No. He's really acting up a lot, breaking <laughs> shit. I mean, it's like, you know, if you're going to be like the two males that we have access to, like, just relax a little bit. You know, you don't have to be violent and destructive. It's not helping anything. Well, do you think um, the last two men on Earth would be more uh, laid back in their behavior? Or do you think it would just be the same old nonsense? <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope that the shift, the massive shift in the power dynamic might chill him out a little bit. But it also is like he allegedly was training this monkey for like months in his apartment stuck inside. And I don't think the training went well. Is that yeah. that's what we know now? <laughs> yeah. Right. So the monkey runs off, and then they have to go get the monkey, and then the uh, Israeli soldiers enter in the aftermath, and then they come back and find the lab destroyed, which is where all the uh, research information was. But there's a contingency site in California. Which kind of makes you think we might get into some more road trip stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, it had to be on the other coast. That's for sure. It was the only place it could be. And that's pretty much it, right? We just kind of end with the question being posed of what are they going to do? Are they going to go to that site? Or how they, you know, it's just a nice zoom out image into a letter Y. And <laughs> yeah. You can see the, the forks in the road and it's a Y when they're choosing their next step is a cool visual. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I think it's setting us up for like, there obviously does have to be a long journey. And then you start thinking of like, what else is going on in the rest of the country? Like, is everyone in a similar spot? Are we going to encounter more of these extremist groups? You know, so it's kind of just a nice cliffhanger. What do you think about the representation of like, um, I mean, cause I think there is sort of an idea that if all men died immediately like maybe things would actually be going pretty well (laughs) so this seems more like things kind of went to shambles a little bit yeah yeah i like and that's the thing i love this series but i don't love like the this version of what the women ended up doing when all the men were gone it's like that look for the helpers thing like there's like no helpers i mean 355 kind of but she's like it's her job, you know, she's like signed up for this lifelong commitment to do this shit. So I'm like, where, yeah, where are all the nice ladies who just like do stuff for people like we do often? Um, it is pretty interesting. And that a lot, so much of it is political. Um, but I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe if there was like this crazy of a, you know, just. like basically surviving on survival instincts like just the fight to live um maybe we would be bad worse people i don't know i would like to think not but it's interesting yeah i'm not sure i mean it's an interesting commentary because it's sort of like men are running things so they're doing this kind of aggressive terrible job and this seems to opine that if you got rid of the men then the women would just step in and sort of have the same aggressive approach yeah and like lose our minds and just start like cutting titties off um not that it's totally okay to cut your titties off and doesn't make you crazy i mean in this context the reason that they did it obviously see the fans they're gonna hate me um (laughs) you can't say anything anymore no but just to like be in a club you know like be in this crazy club um yeah like everyone is like pretty nuts there's not a lot of voices of reason and so i don't i know that does get better as we move on a little bit but for right now to have the sort of only like reasonable ish person be like the last man who's also clearly a doofus who hasn't like done anything with his life and can't take care of himself that he's like the calm one <laughs> doesn't Does make me feel seem great. Does he like a reasonable voice though? Because he seems like kind of a goofus to me. He's a goofus, but he's not being violent and insane. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, he's like, hey guys, calm down, which is 
ludicrous to think about if all the men were gone that the one left would be like trying to make sure nobody's being violent or whatever yeah it's uh it's interesting i don't love it but i probably like i don't know maybe read it at the time a time that that would bother me less well yeah and it's written by a man right so i mean does this read really like a something a, a man would think of um <laughs> I I don't know. I guess so. I mean, just tonally and like how the women are behaving. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel I feel like a, a woman's press. I like how Brian K. Vaughn writes women a lot of other times. So I guess I don't know. We just have to wait for it to. We'll just see where it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it stays. But it surely set everyone up to be insane right out of the gate, and I, yeah, and I don't think that would be the case. So what do you what do you do think would what would the next day be like after all the men died? Oh boy, we just be going down on each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's so many pieces we haven't been introduced to yet, and it's like we haven't met any kids. Like, did you think about oh, yeah. that? Like, where are all yeah. the kids? So eventually we're going to meet sort of more of the stable women. But I think starting with the groups that would be fighting for power is just kind of setting up where we're going to go. And so there's more like balanced people, just regular humans uh, that we're going to meet. But But I'm just asking you your creative insight besides everyone, all the women going down on each other. Like, (laughs) what do you think it would look like if this happened? Uh, Oh, man. I mean... I do think a lot of the pieces in here would happen as far as just the, like taking care of business shit, right? Like we meet the um, garbage lady who used to be a model and she's just like, yeah, we have this system where I like turn in these bodies. Like I do think when I think about women, if I'm going to stereotype in a crisis situation, um, I think the first couple days would just be like handling what we need to handle right Mm -hmm. like what are the primary things we need to take care of right now like find people who might still be alive uh get rid of these dead bodies clean up figure out who's in charge technically um so i think all of those things would happen like there would be uh, it would be a little bit more strategic than it is in this in this comic but um yeah i think that they've they've done a number of the things that would would really happen in this crazy world, um, which is just like solve the problems that are in front of us first, you know, mm. and then we'll figure out how are we going to get food? What happens to the kids? Like who's in charge? Yeah. I think it would just be like a lot of cleaning is what I'm saying. Just vacuuming. <laughs> you know what we love to do? I'm not saying any of these Sweep things. and mop, cook. A lot of very open discussion about the emotional impact, I think. A lot of good communication. <laughs> yeah, there's some of that happening at the Washington Monument. Like they except they're like they're they're going to they're already having like these massive funerals and stuff. So I do think they're processing. They're dealing with the loss of the Rolling Stones or whatever. Um yeah, yeah I think there would be a lot of processing and just I mean, I think women are very good at cleaning up, at aftermath, like just cleaning up after some big fucking mess, <laughs> whether that's like a physical mess or like all the men exploding. That's a good, good, good and, way to summarize. And and then they'd be eating each other out and going down <laughs> on each other. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts? <laughs> So, yeah, this is just the start, right? It's the first five of 60 issues, so we got a long way to go. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, there's already stuff that I forgot about, and I'm excited to keep reading it with you, my friend Ryan. Assuming I'll keep recording these podcasts, which is very much based on listener feedback. Uh, if people like it, we'll keep going. We'll do a, uh, an, a new collection every every so often. Hell Yeah. That's cool, but uh, yeah, I guess it's not easy to to say more at this point since we're coming at this from such different angles. Yeah, it's like a, it's been a lot, and it's 
uh, chaotic multiple stories situation, but there's just almost nothing has happened yet. So yeah, it seems like a fun. I have trouble in comics with um, like adventure serials, new getting into new things. I think because I mean I I've spent so much time learning like the Marvel and DC continuities those universes and their histories Mm -hmm. that if there's like oh this new spider-man series is good i can just jump into it but if it's anything sort of genre related that's newer i have trouble because i'm like i gotta meet all these new characters and like usually newer works outside of marvel and dc i read more like what you would call indie comics you know i read a graphic novel about a guy who's sad or something so i'm i'm a little I have a little, I'm a little rustier about getting into a whole new premise and meeting the character of something that's more like, this is essentially a science fiction adventure, right? It's like an action adventure. Yeah, totally. And I'm the opposite of you. I mean, I have no like grounding or history with like the DC or Marvel universes. And I also read the sad guy comics or sad girl a lot of the time (laughs) um so and at this time that it was a departure for me too like it's like to go from like i don't know reading a bunch of fart party or whatever to this i was surprised that i took to it and that i liked it as much as i did um but i totally hear where you're coming from and i feel like i'm exactly the same way yeah i think it's just i think it's a my problem though i'm not like there shouldn't be genre com- i think i've missed a lot of really good stuff because of that but i mean it's the same with fiction too like i don't read any genre fiction i wouldn't read like a. it'd be really hard pressed to read a good sci-fi novel i'd rather read like a human drama type of a book because i oh that's interesting yeah because i you know i like star wars and you know like spider-man comics so i sort of feel like i get enough dumb crap out of that yeah yeah, totally. I didn't know that about you. I'm learning so much. You're learning so much about me, which is all this is about, really. <laughs> so I have a question for you before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. If you could do a run on a comic book, and this could be either you or I assume you would not be the artist because you don't really draw at all, right? No, you'd be the artist. <laughs> Okay, so for four dollars a day, (laughs) right? For for four dollars a day, enough to feed a starving child in a third world country. You can pay an artist. So, okay, let's do it that way. Let's say you're the writer and I'm the artist. And what run on a comic book would you like to create? Well, you know, I didn't know how I was going to answer this, but I guess I would just make the thing that we already worked on. That would be a good comic. Which is what? Oh, well, I don't want to say. Just the show that I was pitching that you did the illustrations for. So this is a terrible... So we can't say I can't tell what you. it is. But I did some work for you for a pitch for an animated series, and I'm not allowed to use the artwork for anything still or being, say what it was. still being pitched. Well, um, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll make it one day. Is there an existing thing that people would know what you're talking about that we could make as our comic book? Oh, that's a good idea. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would make the comic book version of um, Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Ooh, do Steel Magnolia comic adaptation. <laughs> Maybe, oh, yeah, maybe, um, I mean, you suggested this earlier, but it's a series of all the Dolly Parton films, specifically the best little whorehouse in Texas. I mean, think of the outfits. That would be so fun for you to draw a lot of little negligees. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) Or we could just do a comics biography of Dolly Parton. Yeah, I guess so. I'm surprised that doesn't exist yet, (laughs) but I hear that writing a comics biography is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I've, I've heard that, too. Um, also, I think that, I mean, although there are a number of comics biographies about musicians, I think those are challenging because the thing that they do is the thing that's most difficult to describe in the medium of comics. Yeah, for sure. And not yeah. all musicians have, like, a really out loud, like, personal story or personality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I thought about that when I was picking a comics biography. Like, I really like David Byrne, but I'm like, 
There, what's the David Byrne story? There's not He's really like a his story. bike around New York City. <laughs> oh, you know what would be great is like, did you ever read that Motley Crue book? That would be <laughs> great. There's a lot of action in that band. Okay. A lot of cool. crazy well, shit happens. <laughs> we'll do that. I don't really care about Motley Crue, but I do it for you, Amy. <laughs> Thank you so much. I also do sometimes think about um, doing like a fiction with you that we could write together and do as a comic that would be loosely based on our experience working at a video store, like in the year 2000, a VHS video store as it's becoming a DVD video store. Like, I would love to do that. I mean, yeah. we have so many stories. Like, I, I really want to see a documentary about that place. But, like, yeah, anything would be awesome. I just think it's a good premise for, like, a sort of coming-of-age dramedy you know like uh two kind of 20-ish year olds like who are trying to figure out what to do and both sort of having like a father figure and this really weird old guy who works at a video store yeah totally i've been having a lot of dreams about him lately i don't know why maybe it just peripherally because i knew like i was doing this and then i think about you and my brain goes to robin when i'm asleep but um yeah, I would love to do that. I think that would be so good. Do you want to say more about your dreams about our surrogate father who passed away? <laughs> um, no, I don't. They're kind of sad. <laughs> oh, you're really a lot of good uh, cutaways here in this interview. <laughs> Lots of rich material. So do you have anything you'd like to promote as my many, many readers, I'm sure, will help you finally get on the radar you've been seeking? <laughs> sure well just watch my special it's on youtube it's called ham mouth you can watch it for free it's 36 minutes or something Mm. and um yeah it's a comedy central special and you can also just click on it if you want put it on mute just play it over and over you can and you can like it you can leave a nice comment that would be dope did you read the comments on that thing I really try not to anymore. <laughs> and when this came out, I like made a pact with myself. But then someone was like, started sending them to me, like all the nice ones. And because there was someone from my elementary school that was, I haven't talked to in 25 years probably, who was like, she was so shy when we were kids. I just can't believe that she's doing this. And then uh, that same friend was like, you should just go look at them. Like, look at like the first 30 because they're all nice. It's psychotic. And I was like, oh, that is pretty wild. Yeah, I've never seen 30 nice comments on YouTube before. <laughs> it's really it's really sweet and generous. And it's like it does feel very out of the ordinary because then the bad ones are buried so far below and they're so predictable like women aren't funny kind of shit that you're just like oh you're you need help and god (laughs) like but clearly you're in the minority here so it's not you know makes them look even nuttier so speaking of god your who's your god podcast is that over it is over yes okay but you had you and your co-host and a guest would talk about people's religious backgrounds right yeah yeah they're all still available it's a super fun interesting show but um we don't record them anymore and what else? I can find you on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter's just Amy Miller. Instagram's Amy Miller Comedy. Um, I also have a half-hour special on Epics, if you have that. Sometimes people in hotel rooms have it. Um, what What even is that? <laughs> it's just another app. Like, it. it's just a less successful one. Like, it's just, you know... It is a channel on some cable packages, but okay. they mostly show movies and then they started doing comedy specials. But it's just like, yeah, it's like Paramount Plus or whatever. It's just, it's epics and who it's has It's hard. It? It's a hard time in history because sometimes they'll be like, like, I was looking at the Emmy nominations and it would be like this show and it's only streaming on something voodoo or something. Yeah. Like, what is totally. that? My friend yeah. is nominated for her acting in Grinders first production. <laughs> like she's in a show that you can watch on Grinder and is she got an a, Emmy is nomination. Is it just a, a photo of a penis <laughs> for 30 minutes? No, it's like a it's like a full comedy and like she's awesome in it, but it's huh. yeah, you're right. It's really it's really wild. You know, last time I was single, which was a while ago now, I went on Grinder and I got to tell you there are no women 
looking for casual sex. It's like a total sausage fest. I'm so sorry, Ryan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and does your wife know that you've been about my, my getting my... on the apps looking for casual sex? No, this sex. was before we met. This was oh, before we met, I said. Oh, okay. I said back oh. in the day. Oh, okay. No, I haven't been on Grinder in years. <laughs> I bet you got a lot of offers, though. Uh, again, not just all men. I don't know why yeah, that was. But Grindr yeah. would be toast in the Why the Last Man universe. Their their numbers um, would go way down. <laughs> they wouldn't be producing any comedy specials or <laughs> Emmy Award nominated series. <laughs> That's too bad. Thus concludes our talk about Why the Last Man. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. And with that, we'll bring this episode of The Runs to a close. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about me and my work, my website is ohyesverynice.com. That's O-H-Y-E-S-V-E-R-Y-N-I-C-E.com. Also, I'm working on a comics biography of Muhammad Ali. You can learn more about this project at patreon.com slash ohyesverynice, where you can subscribe to both digital and print Editions. I can also be contacted at ohyesverynice at gmail.com. You can send me episode suggestions for the runs. And if you send me an email saying you heard about it on this podcast, I will send you a free digital copy of one of the chapters of the Ali comic. Home base for this podcast is theruns.blogspot.com, but it can also be downloaded or streamed on all platforms where podcasts are available. All the best ones. Please rate and review the show. And share this podcast on social media and, more importantly, in person. Thanks so much, and see you next time on The Runs.